your eyes are going to fall out and try and steal They're your not legs. Gonna f- my eyes are going to stay directly in my head. Right. Look, I can look left and right. You can't see that, but I am. Well, you see, I don't know, do I? No, Maybe. I'm not going to send you. I can send you a stop motion video of me looking left and right. Don't don't do it stop motion. You could just actual. Video, you could just be yeah, turning your head <laughs> <laughs> and moving the camera so it looks like the head stage. Just so. it's like you're, doing, you're doing stop motion, but like morph, you're painstakingly rotating your eyes with your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> just and record some, and ah! some and some real record. Wallace and Gromit ah! shit right there. Yeah, it's horrible. All right, well, let's get started. Go on, then. Hello, listener, and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howitt, this is Christopher Taylor, and together we'll be answering your RPG questions, whether you want us to or not. It's so hot today, Chris, isn't it? I am literally on fire. I I would be on fire. It's unrelated to the heat of the day, I've had an accident. Oh. Well, I've got to say kudos to your uh, dedication to the podcast. It's it's my rampant professionalism that allows this to happen. If there are two words I could pick to describe you, they would be rampant and professional. Yep. You are both of these things. I, I would be on fire if I wasn't so sweaty. Yeah, it is It is a wet day. I am a moist a wet, boy. A wet day in, in, in the British Isles. I'm a moist boy. I'm not yeah. enjoying being me right now. <laughs> it's not... It's not great. So we have closed our windows and surrounded ourselves with soft furnishings to record this. So I hope you appreciate it, listener, when we when we deliver hot, juicy piping facts from our bloody thankful from our fact valves. Would it be a gaping fact holes? Yes, from slopping out of our gaping fact holes, piling up on your plate, ready for dinner. Mm, Mm. Facts. I'm imagining facts are cross between steaks and porridge in this analogy. <laughs> like like a sort of greasy, lumpy porridge. But, you know, with that stickiness of honey. A uh, treacle. Treacle, I think, rather than honey. Yeah. yeah. It's not something you need to move with a spoon, but it looks runny. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a question. I'm going to go straight into this. I, I, I want to do the lightning round. I think I think we should, we should do the lightning oh, round. Oh, you want to do a lightning round? Yeah, because well, you, you gave me a lightning round last time, and I think I'll, I'll give you All a right. lightning round this time. So for, All right. for, the only, for, for the uninitiated, and also, like, we've got to assume that, that this is um this might be someone's first episode. This might be. We have to... We, which we, case, welcome. We have, You're looking very smashing today. Hello. Um, I mean, I, obviously, Chris has met you before. I haven't met you, because you're, you're a new listener, but I totally would. Right? Hmm. Yeah, you look great. Point is, we have to treat this as though it's always someone's first episode. So uh, this is a podcast where we answer role-playing questions, but not really. That's that's probably the best <laughs> we can describe. As will be readily apparent. <laughs> yeah, if you're still listening. Yeah. Um, but we also do something called the lightning round. Um, so we draw questions from Twitter and from our Discord channel and from a Google form we have on the internet. But we also draw questions not sent directly to us, uh, posted on, on reddit.com slash r slash rpg and we figure we can just knock through all of those, even the ones that sound a bit boring, in a lightning round review. So Chris are you ready? I'm ready go for it. Okay at what point do you let a player who's not a good fit go? How do you do it? When you can't get them through the door, you just close the door. Okay. I need a new game! Yeah, I think you do. You're obviously very stressed, but have a sit down cup of tea first what do you look for in a published RPG setting? Uh, pages, text, some sort of setting and rules. Okay, 
Okay. A lawful good PC got excluded from the party I'm mastering. How can I help him? What did they do? Hmm. Was it saucy? Was it saucy? <laughs> I'm assuming that's it. If it's, so- if it's saucy, that can be atoned away. Um, if it's murdery, stabby, killy, then that's that's really a problem. I would just turn my back on them. But <laughs> watch for the knife. Alien tabletop RPG? No. Secret Hitler Pathfinder mashup? Yes. <laughs> this isn't a question, but a young witch. That's just one of the titles. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Tell me more. Uh, it's a paper miniature of a young witch. Let's have a oh, that's that's a letdown. I thought it was a story. This week's offering is a young witch. Oh. Uh, okay, she looks kind of young. Thanks. I can dig it. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's that's a really strange drawing. <laughs> they, they neglected to mention that she was an '80s glitter witch. Oh, a glam witch. Glitter. Oh. She's a bit a bit Lisa Frank looking. Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was the lightning round. Um, Which we just solved all the issues on Reddit. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> that was definitely all the problems Reddit has. Alright, ask me a proper question. Alright, this needs to go to you because this is this is such a shot to your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Don't shame my wheelhouse. Uh, I'm going to assume your wheelhouse. Okay. Thandamore the Great says, What are some of the best ways to develop good improvisational story- storytelling skills? Do you want, to, you want to take another stab at that one, big horse? What at improvisational? Yeah, do you want to maybe? Just... I'm impressed. I can I, I can replicate the error, but not say the word. <laughs> <laughs> Please try and say the, the question again. Thandamore the Great asks, "What are some of the best ways to develop good improvisational storytelling skills?" Beautifully done. I was really hoping Addiction. this would be a question about fashion or something when you said it was in my wheelhouse. No, mm. no, Grant, wear me for your wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, I do make up a lot of stuff. Um, okay, my 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 first. Okay, so my first piece of imp- I'll try and give as much information as I can in the short time as possible. But primarily, what you have to do is listen. A good improviser is always listening and is very aware. If you listen to everything your players say, they will write the plot for you. Uh, especially if you don't quite know what's going on. Generally, players will suggest something which is better than than what you've written. And if you can if you can adapt to that, that's good because because the players like ah. I thought this happened, and I was right. Which means that they viewed the world you created, made a supposition, and then their suppositions were confirmed, which is a satisfying experience. Plus, it makes you look good. Yeah, it makes you look good. I can also recommend... Um, what other things can you like? Uh, understanding the, the viability of generic scenes, then the, the value... The value? Try again. The, the valuableness. The, the val- value! That's the one! I just... Fuck me, it's hot in here. Good. <laughs> Valuable. It's hundred degrees. I'm so tired. Uh, understand the value of 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 a of a, um, of a template scene. You pick something that your players like, and then you and you do that for them. You perform in that way. So let's say, for example, one of your players loves telling lies in character. You like, rather than worrying about. Um, well, I, I need to try and come. Right, so like maybe they can lie to this NPC, or perhaps they can lie about this conversation. You you give them one gullible NPC a week. If there's one person yeah, who likes, it in. if there's one person who likes showing off during a fight, you can you make sure they have an audience when they have a brawl. You make sure that there's something riding on the fight. If just simply by understanding what your players want and then veering towards that, you can go from a it's not it's not 100 improvised, but nothing is. You know, we're always like we're always going to work from our own ideas and, and from ideas we've had beforehand. Um, Chris, any ideas? Um, I think you know, you kind of said always be listening mm. 
Um, and that's that, that. That is it. It's like you can take an incredibly passive role. Yeah. To begin with, at least you can take an incredibly passive role and go. Essentially, what would you like to do? Mm. Like straight up, say to your players, what do you want to do? What scenes would you like to see today? Mm. And and be open that little. I'm trying to get my improvisational skills up. Yeah. This is what I want to learn. Are you okay with me just sort of being a bit weird this one session? And then we'll, you know, it will be fine the next I, one. I haven't plotted anything. But I'm interested to see what can happen. Let's go from this. Yeah. And, like, so what do you want to see? Yeah. And like some players view view that yeah, they have an antagonistic relationship between the GM and the players, and that can be yeah. quite negative in that space. And so that pushes you out of improv because then if you're just making it up, then you know that's not that's not interesting. That's not exciting. But I think there's a there's, there's certainly a balance to be had. The, the other thing I would recommend for for good improv is to create um, characters and organizations, not situations. So rather than having this is the temple in which the evil sect will sacrifice their unborn goddess, unless the players can stop it, it's here are the evil here here are the evil people. They have a temple and they want to sacrifice their unborn goddess. Yeah. And then, and then it's what it becomes about is when the players make an action, you react as the as the world, and that means you can get a lot more fun out of the game just because you're 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 staying dynamic and you're working within. Well, what are the what are the what are the things I've already established in the world? What do they want? And that's that's basically every game at that point. <laughs> yeah. And plus, the other thing you can do is practice. Can you? And I, I know I know that sounds strange, but you can practice away from the gaming table. Can you? Well, you can practice your improvisational skills. Oh, like you can just tell a story. You can just tell stories. Mm. You can get into this kind of, if you know somebody else who's very good at it already, mm. talk to them and get them to sort of bounce mm. sentences of a world off of you. Yeah. And you've got to fire back as quickly as you can, just like the first thing that comes to mind. And eventually, those get snappier and more complicated and more fully formed. I think. I think like something important as well is, is like practicing on your own can take you so far. But the real essence of improvisation is combined ideas. So if I just come up with things on my own, I'm improvising and I haven't planned it ahead of time. But it's the same as writing a story. I'm just not editing. Whereas yeah. if I improvise as part of a group, because we have idea A and idea B for the next person, you get a fantastic idea C sometimes. But there's something novel and exciting about watching it and being part of it and being involved in that in that in that telling. And I think one of the biggest thing you can do is after listening is learn to trust people. And if you can't trust people, then you can't improvise with that group properly. You can do it, but it won't be funny. There's going to be unfun uh, power exchanges, and people aren't going to make offers or accept offers. But the idea is that if you trust people, then you're not worried about, about oh, actually, I need to make sure this scene works. I need to make sure this happens correctly. It's like, no, I'm going to go into this with half, with, with half an idea. They're going to come into it with another half an idea, and we'll get a full idea out of it, which neither of us had, which neither of us knew what it was going to be. But no one, no one here is envisaging how the scene ends when the scene begins. And that's yeah. like you enter a free-floating state where there's no wrong answers, except if you like if, if your players say something objectionable. Let's say, for example, if they say something racist or sexist or exphobic, there's you know there's 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 limits on on, on what can be acceptably said during um, improv at the role-playing table. But once you learn to trust people, it becomes a very exciting proposition. Yeah, and like and also quite vulnerable in a way. There's there's, there's a certain. Uh, vulnerability and almost fear to that, especially as a as a games master who spent a long time, if you've been planning things out in great detail, to then go and say, "Well, whatever you think is right." There's the it, it's it's a bit it's a bit like dating, 
in a way. You're opening yourself up and you're opening up your first idea and you're collaborating with someone and it can be quite a um, draining process. Yeah, I mean, I can't GM unless I'm utterly terrified. Really? Yeah, I generally have to be at the state where like, I've completely forgotten that it's actually happening. <laughs> and and the deadline, i.e. the start point is in two minutes. And like, right, what happened last time? Oh, that. Yeah, okay. I, rec- I reckon that would work. They liked this last time, so... Yeah, yeah, we got we got this. We got this. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's basically fine. It's 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 the like like the jamming equivalent of um not starting the the engine until the car's rolling down the hill. Yeah. Take off the handbrake yeah, or and revising wait. for the exam slightly after the exam. Yeah, yeah. Well, or on the way. I will say he never showed. I've always thought you were a very good GM. Well, thank you. But that's that's how I've always done it. It's yeah. always been that last moment thing, because then I get this sort of torrent of ideas, rather than the time to wait and pick out the good ones hmm. and it's it's just I find it more entertaining if nothing else I've got a question for you ask me a question and I shall answer it truthfully <laughs> to see a fish asks are there any systems that only use negative modifiers I wish I hadn't said truthfully because you don't know I do not know <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly I don't answer know. it falsely no it's an interesting idea to only have negative modifiers. I've I never heard. Like I can't think off the top of my head of a system that only uses negative modifiers. It's like it's like the it's like, what is it the idea of a, of a history paper that you start off with a hundred percent mark and for every mistake you make you lose a point. Yeah. Rather than a literature exam where you start off with none with none and every good point you make you get a point. Which is why we did a war at English literature and not at history. Yep. I've never, I've never been worse. I've never done worse at a subject than history. I, so. It's a fascinating idea. I suppose it's it's exactly the same um, as a um, as having positives. But I suppose it you'd have to have a much broader array of negatives to infer competence. Yeah, I mean, it. It wouldn't work with a system, I mean, just because it literally uses negative and positives like fate mm. and their fudge dice. It wouldn't work with a system like that because there's not enough places to put negatives. No. Because if you're just using essentially one variable and then adding another to it, yeah. that's not. You can only sort of go, well, I've got a minus five from this, a minus 10 from that, a minus 30 <laughs> from this. Roll a hundred. Whereas, if you vary out the system more, if you've got skills, feats, weapons, mm. spells, and all of these other different like, environment, enemy stats mm. going into the system, then you've got more places to tuck in on a negative. Tuck in a negative. Tuck in a negative. I plus the systems. The the setting's going to be interesting. Oh, I'm just trying to think how how I do it. So like, to have a character be good at fighting in a traditional game you give them plus three fighting but to have them be good at fighting in this world you have to give everyone else minus three fighting there there no there is somebody who who is this who's what superman oh so so he's just good at things he's i mean if you think about it superman can do literally anything yes especially like in the comics in the 50s he was up to some wacky shit yeah and the films where he turns back time by spinning the world backwards and not killing everybody on the planet. Yes. Um, well done, him. Yeah, it's impressive. 
Um, so you've got a, a literally a perfect Superman, mm-hmm. and the only way that they that people can fight him is to make him crap. Hence Kryptonite. Okay. Oh, that's so. That's the only thing is idea. to lower the perfect Super Warriors stats. So you down to a point where you can fight. You play a series of Supermen who've been shackled with Kryptonite cuffs. Or like have yeah. kryptonite implants to make them like basically normal, and so you have various negatives. I think the way I do it is if you score a positive number, you do the thing. Yeah, yeah. If it's not negative, if it's not negative, and so you're looking at say um, maybe a D10 system, and your negatives go from minus nine to minus one. Yeah, and otherwise it's assumed that you can do the thing. Yeah, you just do it. It's great. I quite, I quite like the idea because, like, the, I mean, the interesting part of stories um, for me is where where characters are forced into situations that they're not comfortable and not and not good at. Yeah, and so I really love the idea of having a a setting, a, a system where that's that's enforced and implied that you have to do that. Like these are the things you can do. Yeah, I'm starting to lose count of the number of one page RPGs I've written for you. What do you mean? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. Not actually like physically written. Yeah, but like just come up with the people ideas. People would pay him for that. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea. Well, look, the money all goes into the business. <laughs> it all... does. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Technically, I mean, there's one. There's one page RPGs you're helping me write. Oh, appropriately, paying your wages. Yes, yeah. that's very true. I am. Um, well, like Chris's idea today was to write paranoia again, but good this time. <laughs> Which is... And did that work? It really did, yeah. Yep. One page. You are you are agents of One the page. agents of the machine in the complex fighting socialist aberrants. And what was it? It was like anxiety problems or um, something. It's justified anxiety. Justified role playing anxiety. in a paranoid in a paranoid dystopia. There you go. Yeah. A genius me. You are you are funny. You could write in a straight line, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I can number in a straight line. That's important. Yeah, one of us has got to be able to. Yeah. Well, together we form one game designer. <laughs> <laughs> together we form one real person. <laughs> I um. I I like I like the idea of this. I like I, I like the idea of shackled superheroes or angels or gods in some way. And that that would be a fascinating. Well, that would be good actually. Just like, just to pick a pantheon, the Greek mm. gods. Oh, the Greek gods, but shit now. But yeah, they're, they're, they're shit. They're trying to reclaim yeah. their godhood. Yeah. And they're literally, like, knocking off the limits. That's a really lovely idea, actually. Or fuck, um, like, um, Alucard in Helsing. Yeah, when, unlocking, unlocking seals. When, when he's got seals placed on his power, and you have to operate under these massive problems until you level up and the GM's like, okay, take off one of your gloves. <laughs> I, I, for, I forget precisely how it worked. Yeah. I remember him saying that he, like, there was a sort of verbal incantation. Yeah. Like a contract signing of, like, I am unlocking X seal. Yeah, and then and then he made London into a magic circle. Yeah. Man, that's, because, I really wish that... Damn, that show was cool. I really wish it hadn't dated so badly. Yeah. Because it looks... But it was hecka it just, cool it, This it looks like out. a hot turd now. <laughs> but it was so cool, man. If you've not seen Helsing, you know what? You've missed it, and that's a shame. <laughs> If if you really like anime, watch it anyway. It's, it's pretty because you'll be completely pretty, okay with it. It's pretty exciting in terms of like in terms of horrendous vampire powers. It's very good in yeah. that. 
and possibly the best reload I've ever seen in any media. Really? Yeah. What's the, what's the reload? Yeah, he just reloads both his guns by just shooting the magazines across the room. That's right, yeah, and then cocks it with his teeth. Yeah. Yeah, God, like, God, he's yeah all right. We get it. You're badass, we get it. Yeah, we understand. Chill it. Just one back. Knock it down. Stay, you yeah. literally can't be killed. At one, <laughs> at one point, he's reduced down to just a face, and he gets back. <laughs> <laughs> Who leaves the face? Who leaves the face? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if, I've, if I've hurt someone so bad that just their face is remaining, I might, might think that maybe they've had enough. That no, if you've if you've gone that far, just do the face. You are not stopping. Like that, that takes something, and time is one of those things to get that far. All right, ask me. You might as well do the face. Hit me with another question. All right, all right. Russell Jones. Mm-hmm. This is a long one. Okay. So brace yourself. I'm braced. I'm a GM for a regular group that's been. Oh, that's disgusting. I'm bracing. You. Oh, okay. I don't know what I thought. I'm just in a group that I've been running for a few years. I started off with an intro to role-playing campaign of D&D full of tropes to get people used to things, and the group's role-playing has improved a great deal since then. However, we had a new player join recently who was much less experienced. How do I balance the silly Mary Mary Sue style of the new person with the more mature and emotional scenes that other members of the group want to play? Well, my my first uh, my first piece of advice, I think, would be to tackle would be to take the way that the, uh, so Dark Heresy, the Warhammer Forty Thousand role playing game, has a suggestion where is if you have someone if you have one player in the group who doesn't know the setting very well and everyone else does know the setting very well, you have them play a feral guardsman. So that like there are feral worlds which, which which are under the Imperium but don't really know much about the wider world or like like they come from medieval culture or they come from a tribal culture which hasn't developed space flight. Because um, their, their the civilization has you know um, what's the word degraded reverted to like to, to, to pre-imperial state, and so these and so and so basically shining gods descend to these planets on chariots of fire and recruit people to take them away to the wars in heaven. <laughs> and what that and, and what that means for a for an for for a, for a group in Dark Heresy is you've got like this slick arbiter and this wise sage and this man with no shirt on yelling so the emperor can hear him. <laughs> but that that really works, and I think that you can yeah. you can do something very similarly with this. Like if if there's, if there's a new Mary Sue style of new person, have them play someone fresh off the farm. Just like oh gee whiz, I can't wait to get into this adventuring. Like, much though I like that, you would be dictating a character to somebody. Well, suck it down, princess. Alright, I'm picking your next character. No. Alright then. God, that, God, it feels really bad. I'm so- <laughs> I mean, if you were doing a one-shot, yeah. and you were randomly allocating characters, 100%. Alright, well, what's, what's your suggestion then? I, well, you see, I'm not sure Don't bring me without problems. being bring me offensive. Solutions. Oh. Well, try being offensive. Without like going, you're ruining it for everyone. No, that's that's not going to bring them into the group. It's not. No. You see, yeah. that's 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 my my innate first person first person. <laughs> well, obviously it's first person. That's the only it's the only viewpoint you have. I hope. Well, occasionally I toggle into third person, mm. but it's a bit sickening. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think, the other way you could do it would be to take that Mary Sue character and kind of indulge them. Yeah, it could be kind of fun actually. And try and push it out the other side. Like, actually deal with the problems of being a Mary Sue character. Yeah. Like, every time you... 
every town you walk into, oh, thank God you're here. We need a half angel, half demon sign of Harry Potter to solve this problem. The hedgehog. <laughs> we did that thing today where you search for your name, the hedgehog, on Google. And ev- almost every Grant the Hedgehog, pretty cool looking guys, I'll say. Very sexy looking. Some some cyber goths. Chris got yeah. an awful lot of inflation and vor pornography. Uh, just a good deal. Yeah. I'm not sure where the Sonic the Hedgehog vor crossover comes in. I mean, there's Big the Cat, who's a big character. Yeah, but he's a fisherman. There's Robotnik, who looks like he's eaten someone. It's never going through that tiny neck, is it? No, well, I think his neck's roughly the same. He's just got a little, like, semicircular head on top of his circular body. So, I think... Well, I assume he just has a tiny little neck. <laughs> like a matchstick. Oh, he actually eats plankton. <laughs> it's the only thing he can fit down, one at a time. <laughs> he, um, he, he filters it through his big moustache. Oh. It all makes sense. I... Oh, that's just, they're just big gills. <laughs> I'm not sure why that's such a big thing, and why... Even a casual search for something the hedgehog will get you a surprising amount of vor, which is to, yeah. the, to, to, to the uninitiated, porn where one person is swallowed by the other person, uh, literally consumed. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be eaten, as it were. Like the, the gender, like maybe not killed and eaten, but they are now yeah. inside that person. Yes, a hundred percent. And the other person is very big, or they're very small. Yes. Which is, which is, and which in, is one, a in one bizarre picture, there was a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog inside the knees yes. of Naruto. I thought they were maybe his balls, but those are his knees, aren't they? Those are 100% his knees. His balls the would be sexy. The only analogue I could think of was Zeus put one of his kids inside his knee. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, was, and, then, and then was subsequently birthed from it. Why did he put the kid in his knee? Shut up. Right, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Greek gods, man. Yeah, they, they, they were the only, they were some the rambunctious only um, types. language in the world where there's a plural for a single god. A what, sorry? There's a plural for a single god. Zeus has a plural. Oh, the like Zeus's. Zainai. <laughs> <laughs> because the, they had a they had competitions at their sporting games, right? And in Delphi, there's a there's a section of Delphi uh-huh. where they just didn't know what to do with them, so they put them all in the one place. Oh, like the statues. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they had to go. Well, there's the Zeus. Oh God. And the Zeus <laughs> and the Zeus and the, we need a word for this. <laughs> there's the Zanai. Too many Zeuses. Yeah. Like one did, one Zeus is too many. And then every time Chris brings it up because he went there and found out. Yeah, didn't well, you, you didn't do a classics degree? You did classics at high school, didn't you? So I did A level, yeah. Yeah. Got a trip to Greece out of it. Yeah. I've seen a, yeah. I've seen a picture of you next to the the Panthenon, the Parthenon. The Panthenon. The, the, yeah. The just my trousers down. I don't know what's it called. Parthenon. Parthenon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Honestly, I should know that. <laughs> that's pretty. You really that's, should. That's pretty fucking basic. The Acropolis itself, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Greece. It's not been doing so well of late. No, well, no I, went, I went there some time ago now. Mm. And not, it wasn't great. great then. Mm. Countryside's quite nice. Yes, no, yeah. but central Athens. No. No, not a beautiful city. No. That's fair. Not even a passing gesture to looking at what colour the traffic lights are. 
Like if you if you're walking through Italy, right. they will go across. The, they they will drive through those lights, knowing full well that fucker is. Red. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's it's like they don't. It's not that they don't know. It's that they don't care. No, in Athens, they will have zero clue that there were traffic lights mm-hmm. there. They just didn't. They weren't paying that much attention. They're probably not switched on now, anyway. Yeah, well, power's gone out, isn't it? Yeah. Do we answer that question? We did a bit. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so, yeah, to, to, to answer your like question, 100%. Russell, boar. Yeah, hedgehogs. James asks, With the arrival of a baby in our lives, my wife and I have a lot less time for role-playing, but we'll occasionally run each other through stories as we're in the car, pushing the pram, etc. Do you have suggestions for fun, mechanics like games we could play, just walking and talking? Oh, So first... That's nice, first, isn't it? Aww. Yeah. Aww, that's super lovely. It makes me almost sad I don't have kids. <laughs> almost. I'm not going to put my wife through that. Have you seen how big my head is? That is true. I have a giant fucking head and it would rip her in half. It, it, uh, yeah. Were my scion to crawl out of her guts. It's a it's a terrible thing finding you a hat. I, I don't I can't wear hats. It just doesn't happen. No, I they have, have to be stretchy. I have to make them out of scarves. <laughs> or like or like <laughs> the or occasional pair of jean shorts. Broadsheet newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I like the idea of that. I think that there's um so especially if it's just your like if it's just your partner in you, so like um both my 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 romantic partner uh, Mary and my heterosexual life partner Chris, we both hello hello we both we, I I engage in role play sessions with them, but it's kind of a, an ad hoc improvised role playing session. In yeah. the in the basically we'll we'll pretend something is true for a little while to tell jokes about it, and it's like maybe three minutes and then we'll stop. And there's no system or anything. I'm not. I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think this ties back into the idea that I'm not really hugely comfortable about running one-on-one stuff. So I'm going to say that there's two systems that you can do. Okay. Um, one of which is widely known; the other one isn't. Um, I'm, I wait with bated breath. Okay, so we'll, we'll do the, the the lesser known one first. The lesser known one is De Profundis. <laughs> you can't, you can't play De Profundis. You can. It's a letter writing RPG. But it also has a system for telling stories. Okay. All right. It's about telling stories and about that back and forth. Mm. Um, and it's about taking the mundane and making it strange. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And that's actually what brought me to the bigger one. That's one that we do a lot, but don't really realize we're doing what it. What is it? Is we read Unknown Armies. Right. And one of the things that we do all of the time is work out what gives magic. Yeah, for sure, that's true. In stuff in stuff that we just see every day. Like, if we ever go to a museum. Yeah, we work out what sort of magician would get charge off of that, and how much. And what they'd have to do with it. And it's about finding the, the magical in the mundane. Yeah. It's about working out what that bizarre looking person at the bus stop why they're actually there and which fey dimension they came from mm. so i think the simplest mechanic you can have for this sort of thing if you if you if you're looking for a mechanic is story cubes yeah uh which are basically a, a set of dice which you roll and it's, it gives you like yes and no but this sort of thing happens you can get like add-on packs for different kinds of stories you're interested in now i just had a quick look on my phone to see if there was an app and there isn't strangely don't tell anyone we can make millions. We could, we could make millions. But the idea of having um, 
if you if you can get a dice app on your phone and just and just have a quick note so like you know like on a on a one or a two it goes badly on a three to a four you, you succeed at a cost and on a five or a six it goes brilliantly and you can just roll a d6 on your phone while you're talking yeah that would work that, just fine that would work and 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 you'd work with um what's the word conditions rather than hit points yeah and i mean actually you could combine that with zombies run if you can turn it down to a walking speed. You can just walk it, yeah. Yeah, turn it down to a walking speed and do both. I wrote part of season three of Zombies Run. You did? Yeah, I've never heard it. Cause, <laughs> I'm sure it's excellent. Because I'm a lazy Maybe we fucker. we should go and buy it right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't get any money, so I don't care. <laughs> Everybody should subscribe to our Patreon right now. Yes, you should, you should subscribe to our Patreon. Like, review, tell a friend. Tell, <laughs> tell a friend you've liked our review on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I think I think that there's um, and like there's also like rock paper scissors is a really good is a really good mechanic if you don't have anything with you at all. Yeah, you can you can very quickly do do RPS to sort that one out. You can do um, how many fingers am I holding up? That sort of thing. There's lots of really fun things you, you can you can play with, but it's it seems like you know what you're doing. Honestly, it seems like if you're just running each other through stories as you're in the car and pushing the pram, you like it seems like you're having fun, and hats off to you. Yeah, I mean, why mess that up with rules? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the moment you introduce rules, you get the option of getting angry at uh, somebody. Actually. I think you're fine. Um, so, yeah. If we reference page one of one of Honey Heist, <laughs> I think you'll agree that the intention of the rules... The spirit of the rules, if not the word... Says, fuck you. Mm. Like, I'm right. I shouldn't have written "fuck you." I'm right in the rules. It was. It was. You should write that in every single one so that I can reference it. A surprising number of my rule sets do tell the reader to shut up. <laughs> yes, but it's normally no, no, shut up. Wait, I've got a great idea. Sort of shut up. <laughs> it's not really no. <laughs> it's like if I ever can't be bothered to explain the rules, because shut up. That's why. Yeah, Russell. Well, that's Russell, I hope you and your partner have. Years of fun role playing, and eventually you draw your little youth into also being a role player, and then you can tell them, "Oh, me, me and your mum used to tell stories when we were pushing the." Pr-. Actually, don't do that because they'll rebel, probably become some sort of Tory. <laughs> just... I'm so I was just trying to think of the opposite of someone like me, and the best, best I had was Tory. <laughs> well done, <laughs> excellent work. But what you're going to be able to do is in all those years' time, you're going to go back and go, yes, my question was answered on that podcast before you were born. Yes. Well, not before you were born. After you were born. After you were born. Which is less interesting. Back before, like, and I imagine, like, by that point will be the equivalent of Anton Deck. Yeah, yeah. obviously. I'm not, I'm not going to do my- having Having survived on an island oh. and a school. <laughs> which is all I know they've done. I had a really short uh, rap career. Oh, they did, didn't they? PJ and Duncan, yeah. They were, yeah, they were, they, they were no Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. No, they were, were they? no. I mean, they were, they were. So PJ and Duncan were their characters on 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 Biker Grove. Biker, 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 Biker Grove. Yeah, yeah. It literally went. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm, I can't remember that. They had quite a good song. I think you remember it? in a '90s way. This is this. We're a long way from home. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Or did you ask me a question? I asked you a question. Okay, so I'm gonna. So we've got we've we've got some got some good questions from Pendrel. 
here. Pendrel asks, what's your opinion on using music whilst playing? I like background music. Right. I like a little something. A little something. Just just tooting along. But you've got to be very good to be able to oh, mix in days, yeah. proper music. Because if if you're anything like me, mm-hmm. when, when 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 a stereo is involved or any music so you just device, called it a stereo, which I like as well. That's what it is. If on the if you put down an LP on the stereo. No, look. If you're playing a stereo, right? Okay. That's 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 the thing that's not a computer. No one has a stereo anymore. Do they not? When was the last time you saw someone with a stereo? There's one downstairs. And not your dad. It's very swanky. Carry on. Anytime you're trying to play music, mm-hmm. you'll always go, no, it's not this one. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Or you'll hit you'll hit skip twice. Yeah. Or you'll do something to fuck it up generally. I think the idea of playing a specific tune at any point is nightmarish. Yeah. I mean, kudos if you can do yeah. it. I, it. It probably adds to it an awful lot. I just wouldn't know. I can't. I had I had a wonderful experience with a um, with a, a GM of mine, Connor, who's actually written into the podcast before to tell me that we're making a dog bark. Connor um, <laughs> ran a cigar. He ran us a game of um, of D and D, and we were like we were, we were trudging like we 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 kidnapped a ghost Viking longboat, and we we, we drove it. To, we, we we sailed it to the um, through the sky to the frozen north, and we were um, trudging through the snowy. Um, Wasteland, and he puts on this track from it's from the assassination of Jesse James, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I believe, right, his, so. I believe his name is. I didn't like it that much, but it was okay. But it had a great soundtrack. It was by um, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, not the comic book writer, the musician. And it's called it's, it's a track called Last Ride to KC, and it's incredibly poignant. And like, and he was describing the way our footsteps were crunching in the snow and how tired we were, and that always stuck with me. And that was a really powerful moment. And similarly, we did a, we did another one with um, we had the music from uh, I was jamming actually. No, I wasn't. I wasn't jamming. It, it was the same game, but we had the music from um, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later in the house in a heartbeat. No, I don't know. Oh, it's it's like like you'll you'll recognise it if you hear it. It's it's, it's like right. it's been used for adverts as well and quite a lot. But it's just really powerful, rousing sound. And those are both really really cool. But compare that to two years of playing D and D in some guy's house where we just had generic metal playing all the time. Oh my god! Yeah. How are you saying? Well, it wasn't. It, it was like nineties metal. It was okay. Even then, I don't. I didn't care for it, but I just sort of tuned it out. Hang on, what is nineties metal? Oh, like Bon Jovi and that. Oh, okay, that's fine. Rock, I suppose. Okay, rock. Right. I don't. I don't much care for rock or metal or along those lines these days. I, I find that it's it's a lot more. It's a lot better just just to pick an ambient mood. Yeah. For the for the um for the for for, for the the game and go with it. And like I remember years ago, Chris, do you remember I was running? Um, I decided I'd use I'd, I'd use music for our Dark Heresy campaign. Yeah. So I'd use that, and so I downloaded this before Spotify was really a thing, and so I downloaded illegally a load of. Um, that's right. Yeah. Tell them up front. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I done a crime by Grant Harry. It's very hard to buy um, the official musical. Um, that it's, it's from uh, what the fuck are they called? 
It's it's cinematic music for for use in films, basically. Right. Um, uh, and I downloaded about ten albums of this stuff and put them and, and put it on random play all because it was all like dun 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 dun. It was really like rousing, exciting. We have we're having this last battle where you guys were fighting your way through this titan, and we had this really wonderful moment where like you managed to like you you dropped onto the top of it and you managed to shoot your way in, and there was this moment of this this moment of absolute calm. As you just sort of you, you sort of gathered your heads together and you you were working out like with the sacrifices you had to do to stop this chaos titans storming the imperial city, and then you all looked at each other, and then from next door it was just and it completely ruined the moment. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. And I think that you have to you have to pick it well and be quiet. If there's one other thing I can recommend, and I'm going to let Chris talk for a little bit because I've just been no no nattering. it's fine. I've, I had a little nap. It was lovely. Okay. One thing I would recommend this company called Plate Mail Audio. This guy called Wes something, and he does. Um, he's he's a sound designer. He's done he's done work. I think the most famous thing he's done work on is Ben Ten. Yeah. And he designs loopable ten minute audio tracks for background noise. And so he so like my my favorite ones he's done. There's ones like it's called like in, in, Inside a Dead God or The Court of the Fairy King, or Desolate Space Station. And it just sounds like these things. So like Inside a Dead God is kind of this weird drone and the occasional bell and the, and, and the buzzing of flies. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to bring up. Mm. Like, they've now made it easier and easier by putting a, a graphical interface with a picture of a tavern on it. Yeah. And then there's tavern with music without, <laughs> and you click one. Yeah. And it just plays that. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And, 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 and there's a lot of apps as well, just 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 like doing background noise, like rain or uh, like people talking in the cafe or crows or the sea. <laughs> just just constantly squawking crows. I like crows. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. The, it's their, their, their noise calms me as a goth. I am calmed by crows. Right. Okay. But Do you count them as well? No, they were a band. Oh. I, I think that there's, there's a great deal, but I think that the general advice is you stay away from anything with words in. Yeah. Because yeah, you're you talking. You've got to make it so that it's not going to distract from what's going on. And also, and I realise that this should probably go that same, but I'm going to say it because it really needs to drive the point home, that it fits. What do you mean? Don't play... Don't accidentally let it go to romantic music while they're trying to shoot their way out of a Titan. I mean, it works for... Um, it works for Tarantino. Yeah. Very few. People, <laughs> only one person who listens to this podcast is Quentin Tarantino. That's true. Like one person maximum is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... Sorry, is Quentin Tarantino the director? Yeah, there might well be another Quentin Tarantino. Because I mean, we know Antonio Banderas listens. Yeah. Well, he well he wrote in. He wrote in. Yeah. So he might therefore, just been being nice. he knows Quentin Tarantino. Ipso facto, Quentin Tarantino listens to Hearty Dice Friends. I want to say one thing. I know I said d- don't use any words. And the exception for this is we had a... So this is back in my first year of uni. Chris came over and we played Wushu with two others. We had a ridiculous um, high-action high daft car chase. Um, <laughs> as where, always happens. As always happens in Wushu. But to, to score it, we just put on 100 Mile High, high City by Ocean Color Scene, I think seven times in a row. Oh, yeah. that's If you've got a chase scene. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't get worse. No. What a song, eh? Oh, it is pretty tight. Oh, what a song. Loved that. It's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, I think it's, it's also great 
great fun to build playlists. I I certainly I love building playlists and I love having having like the ability to to evoke a mood for a game. So generally, I'll if if I have a lot if I have an on running game with a setting, I will build a playlist which can support that. And I've got ones for most of the um, shorter RPGs I've written. I think like yeah, see that's and, the, that's that's kind of interesting because out of the two of us, I'm generally more organised. Mm. Yeah, and yet I have one playlist for all music I like. Well, I think that I'm kind. I think I'm more of a music snob than you. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um. And like, I think like, put it this way: your your consumption of coffee is not organised. No. Because that's simply a drug to you. Whereas I buy nice coffee and make nice coffee with a wee stove like stovetop thing and have espressos. Yeah. Because I'm a snob about it. Whereas you simply need to be awake now. Yes, I and need I, to consume yeah. it by the by the pint and a half. Yeah. I've gone up to How did, stop it. It's not good for you. That's not what it's about. I know that's not what it's about. I know it's podcast juice. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me live. <laughs> it makes me funny. I need the funny my podcast. Tears brown. <laughs> That's horrendous. <laughs> oh, I hate it. All right, ask me a question. All right, all right. Now, Pendrel gets a second look in today. Oh, okay. Because, Turb. Mm. Because we don't have a Turb's question. Dragging their fucking heels on this one. Shocking. So. Sorry, what, sorry, 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 sorry. What was that? That was me half choking and half trying to do another accent. Which accent? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Different from your current. Yeah. Schachen? Schachen. Was that Scouser you were going for? I think it was. I think it okay. was Scouse, and mm. then I started choking. Yeah, yeah well, good. I think that's just, that's just the spirit of Liverpool stopping you. Yeah. Pendrel asks, mm-hmm. what would be the disastrous effects of a £110 overly happy uber good boy material Labrador becoming the omnipotent god of all creation while keeping its intellect and personality. There's a lot there's a lot to be going yeah, on there. Just thinking approaching this from a hmm. I don't think there'd be a vast difference. I see. Um bec- I think people would get bigger. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So like is this it so so if he's omnipotent, so like I guess he's making He's making man in his image, so man would be what you, man would be a lovely big dog. Well, no, he's not. No, he's he, what he is is he's he's not necessarily making it in his image, right. is he? he? He's changing the world mm-hmm. to what a hundred and ten pound overly happy good boy right, Labrador. Right. Okay. So what you'd have is you'd have people who just just love dogs. Yeah. I, but they'd be they'd be massive. I'm imagining it could be like um. Like, like 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 sacred cows in India. Yeah. But you have sacred dogs. But the but but the the more you like a dog, the bigger you become. Yes. So all like all, all the wrestlers and mixed martial artists fighters just really love dogs. And, and like if you don't love dogs, you can't get big. Excellent. So yeah, they just have like a suspended corgi in gyms, <laughs> just dangling from the ceiling with its stupid little legs. Which you can fuss. Which you can fuss. Like, hanging there like a speedball, except you're just t- no, you're tickling it behind the ears. No, it's on like one of those like shower curtain runners. Right. So you can just slide it around the gym. Mm. And you can always be fussing it while you're lifting. Oh, I'd like that. I think I think we'd all like this this Labrador world. Now, how do you... What, so, sorry, Karen. Mm, 
do other faiths still exist, or is this one proved? Well, this this is this is real. This, this is, is real. this is what's okay, happening cool. right now. So 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 the god the, the the dog god has become the dog has become a god. The dog god. The do- yes. I don't like that. Um, the dog god has become, and we are and we are bathed in his majesty, thus disproving other gods, perhaps. Well, yes, indubitably. Mm, well, I guess I mean like only gods, only, only gods which like exist with the exclusion of all other gods. So mono- monotheistic gods are fucked. Yeah. Do you reckon? You see, here's the thing, right? I reckon, seeing as this is a good boy Labrador, he'd probably let the Vatican convert. Maybe, but would he understand the concept of converting? Yes. Well, it'd be people who gave him treats, that sort of thing. Took him for yes, walks. But the point is, like, what I'm saying is, like, crucially, while keeping its intellect oh, and personality. Right, yeah, it's true. So the god of creation could be tricked. Is a Labrador. So like so so like it's, it's like it's like God is normally, but if you throw a ball and don't let go of the ball, he'll still go chasing after it. He will chase he will chase after it and slam his head into a wall. But he's omnipotent, so that I'm trying to think. He, that means he's that means he's omnipotent. That means he's infinitely strong. He can do anything. Yeah. He's not omniscient. Um, not, he's not all knowing. Omnipotence covers om, om, omniscience. No, it doesn't. If I am potent in every discipline, that covers omniscience. That covers that covers perception. I think that's I think that's that's cheating at that point. Then look, we're talking about a magical dog. I think we're allowed to cheat. Fair. I think I did. I just I'm just imagining the Vatican because it's a really it's a really gorgeous building. But it would be nice with a load of like golden retrievers and Labradors running around. <laughs> Either that or what they've done is they've just St Peter's Basilica. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Mm-hmm. They've just cut like a straight-edged oval mm-hmm. out of the front, right? And put a big bowl outside, mm. and that's just the kennel. Mm. That's where he just runs in and sits and has a little nap inside the basilica. Okay, so quick question here, because yeah. I'm imagining him as an immaterial spirit. He's not. Oh, I'm a... imagining him as a hundred and ten pound, overly happy, uber good boy. Labrador. He's just a big dog. Yeah, I mean, it specifically says his yeah, weight. Yeah, I was, I was just, I was just imagining that, 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 like, because the weight of a dog does, in, in, like, have an effect on its personality. Yes, but I was imagining the fact that it was just one hundred and ten pounds, just quite a I, big dog. Just, I've, been, I've been envisaging it as a. Oh, so he's the god of all creation. Now, yeah. Now, so that means that he can, he can go anywhere doing a thing, create a boulder so big that he can't lift it. That sort of thing. Yeah, that that the whole shtick. <laughs> I imagine at that point you throw a ball you don't let go of the ball he goes and then brings you back the ball that you're holding well you were holding it Yeah. but in his mind you threw the ball so therefore you threw the ball and that became true Therefore, there exists a sphere around this dog if you're arguing that he's not he's not omniscient which is actually going to it's actually going to help this next bit if he's not omniscient, there is a sphere around this dog's perception, and biggest on smells, where everything is what he believes it would, what what, what he believes it would be. Yes. Is in fact, it is in fact always time for a walk. He is continually on a walk. <laughs> he is always off his lead. <laughs> everything smells like delicious butts. It is also dinner time. Yes, it's dinner time always. No wonder he's 110 pounds. He's probably just a normal dog. (laughs) (laughs) Fat fuck. 
That's not healthy. I think I think the, the difficult thing we have here is because it's kept its intellect and personality, it can't really affect yep. world events. It can, but it'll do it indirectly. Well, it's, it's not going to know how it works. So, like, if it turns up, I'm guessing it can't die. No, and I mean, does a dog understand the concept of human death? Um, I think a dog. Or would wars just be throwing sticks at each other? I think I think a dog could. A, a, a dog probably can't understand. A, a dog. A dog is sad when a human goes away, and then sometimes that human doesn't come back. Yes. And so I think dogs can be sad when humans aren't. There. I don't know. I never actually had a dog. Ask. I'll find one and ask it. Okay. Is Coco in your room? No, she's not. Okay. Coco is Chris's dog, and she's the best dog. She literally. Is. She's just like she's. She has the manners of like a butler. Yes. She's incredibly well mannered, and like, um, you can put food down for her, and she'll look at you politely until you're like, "Oh, go ahead," and then she'll eat the food, and that's just. Like considering considering that my cat, even though he can't climb, manages to break into cupboards and steal food. That's the that that's the level of of like sabotage I'm working with in my house my, day to day. My my dog has recently started asking for things. So she also just walk sorry sorry just just for context, uh, listener. I want you to take a normal chocolate Labrador and then shrink it down forty percent, and that's Coco. Yeah, she's tiny. <laughs> she's just a little Absolutely dog. Tiny. Straight Labrador, but she's wonderful. Just tiny. Mm. She'll she'll tap tap you with her right paw. Just gently, yeah. just so, you, and then when you look at her, she'll walk to the thing she wants and sit down. Oh, that's fantastic. What is it? What, what is she after? Like, like beer. So if, if if she wants to go out, Rests. she'll walk to the back door. Yeah. Okay. Cool. If she wants a biscuit, she'll walk to where, like, where they are on the counter yeah. and sit down in front of them. Wow. She'll walk over to her lead, which is hanging up. Yeah. And just use that same paw to just pour the lead. Can we go for a walk, please? <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, we're taking it. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Okay. Ridiculous animal. That's just that's adorable. Anyway, um, that's not. It, it's neither funny nor role playing advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just adorable. It's just us talking about the pets that we love. <sighs> Do I have any more questions? No, that's it today. We're running a little bit short, Chris. On time. We are. Yeah. But crucially, we need to implicit people to send us more questions. Mm. Because what we're doing right now mm-hmm. is we are cramming in the recordings. Mm. Because somebody's off on holiday. It's not a holiday, it's a sabbatical. That is a holiday. It's a holiday in which I'm going to work the same amount as normal. Yes, but somewhere nicer, with less internet. Yeah, almost no internet. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish writing The Spire on top of a hill in Cumbria. Which will be nice. It will be nice. I'll go for a walk with my wife, it'll be lovely. Just the one. <laughs> <laughs> After that, sorry darling, I've got work to do. <laughs> got to imagine what, Carry on without me. Got to imagine what elves might be doing. <sighs> <laughs> so we are we are packing them in, which means that we are chewing through the questions that you've given mm. us. We're knocking through them, but they are they are solid. They're good questions. I'm happy about that. Do you yeah. have any questions you want to ask me, Chris, as your friend and and partner? Role playing questions. Fuck it, yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? We're on a role playing. You can ask me questions about literally anything you'd like. How about that? Actually, yeah. Okay. Ask me a question, and I'll answer it honestly, as long as it isn't incriminating. I'm, ask- I'm asking you a role-playing question. Oh, right, okay. In D and D, what is your favourite feat, and why? Oh, I want to see if you remember feats. Mm, well, here's a, here's the thing, right? I I fucking hate feats. That's why I asked. Yeah, they're the worst thing. I I think they are. 
every interesting feat is suboptimal, and that really gets my goat. Because there's like there's like light fingered. Oh, what does that do? Well, it gives you plus two to disable device and uh, use use magic item checks. Oh, that's fascinating. Or you can have plus one to hit with an axe, which you'll be doing literally every game. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I just. I, uh, I think my favorite feat is probably dodge. Because just, just dodge. I like dodge. It gives you plus one armor class against an, against a single enemy, and at low levels, because I only ever play D anD D at low levels, that's not immaterial. But it, it yeah. but it gives you a tactical choice every single round in a way which D anD D three point five doesn't really do very often. No, that's fair. It's surprisingly flexible in terms in in, in terms of, of of what you use it. Well, I mean, you always use it to add one to AC, but it's it's like for such a low level thing. You can just what what once around pick someone and you're and you're five percent harder to hit by them. I, yeah. I quite like that. That's fun. It is. It's it's a nice little bit of rules flair mm. in a place where they had to give you one of the feats for free to patch their own goddamn system. Yeah, feat tax is an issue. Come on, people! Just because you didn't work out your maths and want to hit bonuses. <laughs> Doesn't mean we should have to use up a feat slot. Oh, we get it for free. Oh, well, that fixes everything. It's a bit like in um, in fourth ed when they started writing monster manuals, and the monsters in in, in monster manual three were actually balanced to play. Yeah. And in monster manual one, yeah, don't use those. We don't have any rules for goblins anymore. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Just take a blue dragon and reskin yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, blue. All, 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 all the all the normal monsters are in the are in the first book. So yeah, you. Can, oh, they are. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah, you can, just take a Blythank. One of the and reskin it. One of the one of the one of the high level monsters in Monster Manual Three is a fucking moon. <laughs> it's a moon you fight. I'm a come a come down and kill you and the moon. Dungeons and Dragons. Fighting moon. Fight on the moon. Hello. Oh, Hello. gonna come put you in my mouth. Want to punch Saturn? <laughs> I can see you give me the eye. I have a question for you. Ask me a question. What's your favourite story game? And I'm assuming, like, I'm. I know it isn't one that I've written, but you don't have to pick one that I've written to make me I feel better. No. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to tell Grant I've re- I've read any of his books. You've read one of my games. I know you have. I've read at least one of your games. You've read Goblin yes. Quest after after I yelled at you to do it. I, My favourite story. I gave games. you a copy of Goblin Quest, and without reading it, you gave it to a child. He looked so sad. And you thought you'd cheer him up with this. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. he said he likes it. Good, yeah. He read it. That's he good. It, it's, it's games it, of goblins. It's a, like that's that's great. It's a that's fun more book. use than I've ever got. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did then give you a second copy for you to read. Yes, thank you. And I did yeah. read. So it. your favourite story game? Ah, uh, I just. Hmm. <clears throat> that's really difficult. Well, you asked me about feats, mate. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a story game. You don't. You don't have to have played it. There's any good. You just, mate. That. That's what we write. (laughs) I know. I'm not. I'm not saying one of my own. Okay. Right. I mean, so we've got like Fiasco, Dogs in the Vineyard, Fate, um, Prime Time Adventures. So Dogs in the Vineyard shouldn't be allowed to be on the list because it's just one of the best games. It's a story game, though. Yeah, I guess. In, the, well, in which case, it just wins. Yeah, it's a very good game. Like, I can't see any games that stands up to it. Mm, especially like, it's, it's, like in terms of telling that one story that it tells. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Um, like, I do not like Apocalypse World. 
No. I yeah. I, don't enjoy I, I, that I understand. At all. I understand why. And it's it's and then to me it's actually becoming a little ubiquitous. My tastes. Yeah, I, like I don't, I don't begrudge people playing it. I no, just I don't do. like the system for I it. I didn't write it. I don't get any money. Oh yeah, just play stop it. playing it. Actually, it. Vincent doesn't doesn't get any money if they play it either because like a chump, he made it Creative Commons. Oh no! Idiots. Every day he must kick himself. He could be retiring on that sweet royalty money. Oh, imagine retiring on RPG money. Uh, that mate, that's what we literally have to imagine. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm really hoping we'll die at 50. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, Kenneth Height is... He knows he's locked in. Yeah. He, can, he dies on the job. He can't stop writing. Because if he stops writing, he stops eating. <laughs> that's how it works. Well, okay. You know, that's fine. So so, 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 so you pick Dogs in the Vineyard? I pick Dogs in the Vineyard as the best one, okay. because it's one of the best RPGs I've ever made. Okay. And I'm sad more people haven't played it. Why is that? Because it's so good. Look, I think I think we might actually have to call this to an end. But for the fact that it is nine hundred <laughs> degrees in here, and I'm about to drown. Yes, let's let's call an end to it. Listen, and this very much feels like okay. filler. Listener, yeah, you know, maybe we cut it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Listener, I'm so hot right now. I'm so wet. Chris and I are hot. And wet and waiting for your money. <laughs> so that we can absorb some of the moisture in this room with the lovely paper money. Call now for hot, wet chat. With 30... For only 10, 20, or 50 pounds, you t- we might not drown. You too can chat with inept 30 something games designers. <laughs> from hot Honored. airless rooms I mean that's what Fiverr? Uh, Discord's three quid an episode so yeah like like, like, literally if you want to chat with hot airless game designers just post three quid an episode and you can come in and get get, get unfettered access to this sexy business oh, it's, it's not nice in here right now no I'm it's glad, not I'm glad you can't hear the moisture <laughs> I wonder what that noise was right let's, let's call into it thank you so much for listening we love you very much please um like, review, subscribe, tell a friend, give us money, come round my house, bake me a cake, and make me eat it. Force you to. Force me eat it, like that bit in Matilda. That's what I'm into. Bye! Goodbye!